by the morning of day one of the pandemic, there would be certain bits and certain tunes, corners, maybe some like diminished, like, you, you know, in some chord progressions, you have like three minor. Flat three diminished. Flat three diminished to yeah. two minor. Like, the, you know, those things. I was like so sick of blagging it. I was like, oh, that's coming up again. Man, I made like a list of things. I was like, right, these things annoy me so much. So I want to like iron out all these things because if, if I don't go into the garage and like actually fix up what I've got, it's going to be a waste of time, you know. Secondly was I am a huge fan of Art Tatum. And, and I knew that like if I was ever going to really look into it properly, there was no way of me doing it on like a nor in a normal life. Like an obscene situation would have to arise in order for me to have enough time to like look into it and transcribe it. And obviously the pandemic was perfect for that, you know. Obviously it was terrible for like so many reasons. But I mean, I remember there was this there's this there's this track called Tiger Rag. It was the the tune that made Oscar Peterson give up playing piano for a little while. Wow. Yeah, so yeah, I just I just become absolutely obsessed with yeah, with, with him. So that and so much so that I was doing 10 hours a day again. Hey, welcome back to the Keys Coach Podcast. My name's Adam and this is the podcast where I sit down with piano, keys and synth players and talk about their life in music. This is episode 20, which is quite hard to believe. It depends what platform you look at, weirdly, because some platforms count the trailer as an episode, which I don't. I don't think the trailer is an episode. So yeah, that seems mad that I've done 20 of these now. If you're just joining us for the first time, go back and listen to some of the other episodes because there's some really amazing conversations on there with some incredible piano players. And today is obviously no exception. We are chatting with Joe Webb. Joe is just an incredible jazz pianist i can't even put into words how amazing this guy is he's a master of stride piano and if you haven't heard of that it's kind of like a style of piano a bit like ragtime where the left hand does such a huge amount of work providing all that lots of like rhythmic accompaniment and the right hand's kind of soloing it's just it's so dexterous and so complex um my stride piano playing is not <laughs> i'd basically do a really bad impression of it but joe is just the uh he's just the real deal basically we talk about so much in this episode right the way through from how joe got started on the piano to how he found jazz to how he then developed a real love for the more earlier styles of piano playing joe's performed with so many people on the jazz scene and we talk about all of the different bands he's played in web city kansas smitties and he also tells us what it was like to perform on jamie cullum's christmas album we actually recorded this episode i think it was august so a little while ago now but i've been holding it back because joe's just released an amazing new single called munchin in munchin which you absolutely have to go and check out i've put links to that down in the episode description okay let's dive into it here is the conversation I had with the amazing Joe Webb. Joe, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How are you doing? Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah, yeah, man. Really good. Really, really, yeah. Really, really good. Whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm in uh, Crouch End. Okay, nice. You're How East London. You? I live in uh, Greenwich, so yeah. Nice, I've lived, okay. I've lived in Greenwich for like, oh, basically the whole time I've lived in London, which is probably, God, I mean, that must be like 14 years now, which is which is absolutely yeah. mad. And like time just goes so quick. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely crazy, man. It's so but crazy. you've been doing um loads and loads of awesome stuff. Like all this week, I've just been checking out all your music. Um, oh, thanks, man. So, so good. Um, I saw your BBC Wales thing, your main oh, doc right. you oh, did. Thanks. Yeah, where You're yeah. talking oh. a lot about your like your early days and how you got started on the piano from like two, was it you said? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't remember that. I was I like I remember getting into it around seven but apparently that like the, the producer did a bit of research with my mum and stuff and yeah. my mum said apparently that like like yeah I showed interest in it at like two years old or something I don't know I, but obviously 
God knows what I was doing at two years old, but but yeah, but I, mean, I, I guess it become like like a serious thing yeah. around seven o'clock, up seven o'clock, seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, where yeah, where I was just yeah, completely um, obsessed with again, I was, yeah, it was through my granddad, and um, yeah, he 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 used to, well, when when we used to when we used to grow up as a family to to my nan and granddad's house up in Basingstoke, yeah, we we had like so much time together, and he he'd be playing he'd be playing piano and. And I just find it so mesmerizing, you know, I'd be like, what, how are you doing this? And you know, you'd always play some like nice feel good, feel good music, like the kind of pub piano, I guess it's kind right. of cool. Like when the saints go marching in and all, you know, like Classics, those good, yeah. good old, good old, old ones, you know? And yeah, from, from, from him, I kind of got obsessed because yeah, in the lead up to that, like, yeah, I, I think this is correct, but there, there was a piano because my mum plays a tiny or played a tiny bit and she, yeah, she she had a piano in the house, but then we kind of needed to sell it because we didn't have enough money and things. And um, and also, I was I was I just wanted to be a footballer. You know, I I, right. I played I played so much football as a, like you know as a really young kid that I'd spend all my time doing that. So she kind of got rid of it, and then and then yeah, like around the age of seven, when I started to become a bit obsessed with my granddad's piano playing. Yeah, she 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 was just like, oh, you know, can you um yeah, if if you prove to us that you really really care about it, then we'll get a little keyboard or something. So yeah. I just went completely mad at it at school and things, and then. So was that yeah. pretty much like learning by ear, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, to be honest, my sight reading now isn't like amazing. You know, if I've got oh, to do man, any join gigs... the club, <laughs> join the club. <laughs> so, I, so... I break out in like a cold sweat sometimes when I have to like sight read. Man, chord this... charts are fine and lead sheets are fine, but if yeah, it's, it's like exactly. fully notated stuff, man, I'm 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 in sweat. The really funny thing with sight reading on piano is that. I mean, on like the, the most basic level, all of those other instruments, they have like one note yeah, yeah. to play in the right rhythm and at the right time. Whereas as yeah. a piano player, you like, it's like, right, here we go, eight notes. Yeah, <laughs> like, here we get go. Get them all exactly. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's so true, it's yeah. like on the most basic level, we have just like so many more things to try and, and like two hands and like oh, two man. staves. And yes, that's it. It's like, it's mad. Um, yeah, with, with, you know, because with, with, with a lot of those big band charts, there's uh, like, it's just, some of them are literally scribbled out, like, yeah. like hands, you know, and like stuff. block chords, reading block chords yeah. written, maybe like transcribed 30 years ago by someone yeah. with like a fountain pen. So it's just over the years, it's just got so warped. You'd be like, mate, give us a chance. And the lighting's like, not good. And then it's like, and it. my, the worst bit, but <laughs> the worst bit is when you see on the intro, it's like solo piano intro. Oh man. And then it's just Ooh. like, right. And then someone begins counting it in and it's like, ah. You know, yeah, Matt, Matt, do, do you remember, um, someone, someone told me a, a really, really funny, like cat, like piano player, big band catchphrase it was like being a piano player in in a big band is 98 percent boredom two percent fear <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> so true yeah because it's true. like you turn over the page and it's like an ending or like there's yeah. an intro or something so you're like oh, you can you can never quite chill you know yeah 100 percent. i don't know how i don't know how they those people do it it's it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible so most of it was by ear and i, I saw yeah, you saying cool. that you played loads in like assemblies and stuff at school that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I, used to, I used to play a bit um as like the pupils and like my like people like yeah my classmates and stuff would would, would walk in and then but mostly just be improvising and just right. basically playing because i was obsessed with like i was really really obsessed with rock and roll and boogie woogie and stuff like yeah, that so yeah yeah most of the stuff I did when I was really young was just like the boogie woogie kind of stuff. Yeah, I, Phil Peskett was talking about that actually when I interviewed him. He was like, it was right. like every piano player has their boogie woogie phase. That's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> We've all been there. It's kind of... I was listening to some Mary Lou Williams recently, and um, and she's yeah, there's a there's a tune that she that she plays called Rollum. Right. Um, 
which is which is but and it's, it's yeah like when when you hear it done by like the people who were like the best like, it's incredible because it yeah. has the same effect as like stride stuff same effect as like but yeah I, I guess just amazing time and feel you know yeah it's, it was really 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 heavy so did you have actual piano lessons was that a thing? i did was that i was more classical was it right yeah exactly yeah um i had like yeah i mean I guess I, I started having lessons maybe when I was like about 10 years old and I had them in, in Neath where, where I grew up in, yeah. uh, in South Wales. Um, and then I went to the RWC, the, the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama, um, but the, the junior course. And I did that for five years with, right. with someone called Penny Davis who lives in, yeah, li, li, lives in Swansea. But it was actually, funny story is it was her husband that gave me um, my first Oscar Peterson CD. Oh, okay. So, was that Night Train? Uh, Night Train, exactly. Yeah. It was Night, there was another one... Um, uh, Oscar Peterson plays West Side Story. Okay, nice. Just yeah. incredible. And like, yeah, that, and I think I, I probably was about 12 or 13 at the time, maybe even 14, I think. And I, but that, that was like the real door opening into like, yeah. the, like the jazz world, you know. I, I was imagine, yeah. obsessed then. That's great. So what kind of happened from there? So you kind of got your first Oscar Peterson CD and all, all these different yeah. things. What, how did it move on from there? But did you suddenly like get immersed in jazz or were you playing lots of other music at the same time as well? I was just, just literally just, just playing. I mean, like as soon as I heard Oscar Peterson, I was like, this is it. You know, I don't want to do anything else apart from this. So I was like a bit more, of a, I was trying to, well, I was a bit more like, I was, I was rebelling a, a, a bit more to anything that wasn't Oscar Peterson. Like right. claiming that everyone else was rubbish, you know, like just yeah. being like, I'm, look, I'm 13 years old. Someone's just giving me an Oscar Peterson CD. You're all wrong. You know? <laughs> so yeah. it was me against the world. I was just not, I was just not up for uh, anyone telling me anything other, anything otherwise. But yes, yes. So I, 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 I listened to those albums nonstop, just like one little Walkman, you know? And it was, yeah, everywhere I went, I would, I'd have those two albums on them. And then li listen to like Ed Thigpen and Ray Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, but um, I think it came out in in that that that, that interview that you watched. Like when when Ed Thigpen goes to sticks in that tune tonight from yeah. West Side Story, it was literally like like the first time I'd ever like heard a drop. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was like this is so I just like I mean wore the CDs down like they're just probably in a bin somewhere. No, but, um, that's so good. Yeah, I'm completely obsessed. That's awesome. I, did you have like other people to play with? No, I mean, not 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 really. I mean, like, so it's one of my one of my really really good mates, um, a guy called Tom Cottle. Um, I studied with him, but like in in actually in sick form college, so that would have been like from the age of sixteen, seventeen, I think. So I met him and his his um, actually his family are really super musical family, like okay. um, like quite big jazz musicians in you know from from wales the cottle brothers dave cottle who plays piano and trumpet and also runs swansea jazz land right, like the first yeah. place i ever saw a gig yeah a proper jazz gig um his uncle's an incredible bass player called lawrence cottle who's yeah, played with every um man i'm still terrified of this guy man i i saw him <laughs> i saw him like on on um on sunday i was i was doing a gig in in twickenham with rob luft and he was in the band before and every time i see him i'm scared of him man like yeah this is just yeah the presence i've got like the the utmost respect for him and because i remember seeing it, it it was his big band um, yeah i was just about to say that i saw his big band yeah uh, there's like a bunch of videos on youtube aren't there like where he's yeah. playing all the jacko pastoria stuff honestly it's, just, like, insane. It's, it's phenomenal and like i'd never heard anything like that was the first gig that i ever saw ever like yeah. jazz gig and i was like this is this is unbelievable yeah. and like still now like hearing that band play because it was with graham harvey you know mm, graham harvey yeah, yeah. he's still someone i look up to so much as well
I d- yeah, like, and he was he was obviously such a, he is such an amazing bloke, like Laurie. Of course, but um, but but, 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 but yeah, and also Richard Cottle as well, who's who's a who's a saxophone player who did a lot of stuff like pop kind of saxophone yeah. and stuff in the, in in the eighties. But um, but yeah, so only really until I, it was it was only when I met him, um, uh, Tom Tom Cottle that I kind of started to play with anyone else, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, it was just basically. I was the bass player and the piano player at home, you know, just yeah. left hand and, you know, which I ended up playing quite a lot of Hammond organ as well. Like from, from, well, around, I mean, obviously I'd never played the Hammond until I went to college, but mm. it was like, all oh, right, actually you can change the settings. So the left, the, so the left bit the, yeah. from middle C downwards can be the bass and stuff. And he's like, always like kind of um, subconsciously been shedding that for like years and years and years, yeah. you know, for, for apparently a reason, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't play so much organ anymore. Just um, I kind of like, yeah, wanted, wanted to just focus on piano. I'm like, yeah. if I'm gonna dedicate so much time, I want to just be able to like, I want to be able to like be as good as I can be at one instrument without having to think about. Yeah, it's a very different thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a complete different thing, and it's like let let like Ross Stanley and you know like yeah all yeah all all those amazing organ players do the organ bit man i'm happy just to do passenger and listen to that of course so you then you then went to the senior department of that's the Royal right, Welsh. That's right. i did like i did some, i did like nine years there man yeah that's good you must have um they yeah they, they got their money's worth they, yeah exactly <laughs> that's it that's it yeah, yeah. but you loved it i know and like wales has got such a great scene isn't it like particularly cardiff as well yeah, i'm actually going to yeah. cardiff in a few weeks for like a weekend that's, trip which is gonna be man. nice it's, it's 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 an you know it's an amazing place to like because you know like there there was this nagging thing at the back of my head where i was like oh, i really want to go to london because actually i have I, like i went for a consultation lesson with nick weldon do you know nick yeah i do yeah man, he is one of the he's one of the greatest educators of music i've ever had mm. like yeah. unbelievable and it was actually it was it was him that got me into like a lot of the older stuff like the strides right. which I, i've got i made some notes i'll maybe talk yeah, about yeah 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 but yeah but like so I, but i went there and i had such a crazy experience like go like when i when i went to london for that consultation i was just like I, it was just too much for me london right. and i was like i can't handle this you know yeah. I, I was um I was at Waterloo East Station and I was like terrified. I was like, what is going on? I was like, if this is life, this is too stressful for me. So, so and yeah, I didn't, I, I ended up not going to the audition in Trinity in the end. I went, right. I was like, I want to stay in Wales for a bit longer. I'm not ready to fly the nest just yet. Um, and then, yes, yes, so, yes, so I went, went, went to Cardiff and made some amazing friends. I had some amazing teachers there as well, yeah. which yeah. actually Nick Weldon was, was one of my teachers in, yeah. in Cardiff as well, you know, so. But yeah, like, yeah, met some, you know, I, I, I played with Lloyd Haynes last night, you know, I've known Lloyd, we worked it out, known him for about 16 years. Oh, sorry, probably should turn that off. Did you, did you hear that, the email come in? No, it's all good. It's probably okay, a, good, good, right? another gig, hopefully. No, mate, is it, that's Voucher Cloud. It's like, oh, spot, like damn, you know Always what? Voucher Cloud. Always Voucher Cloud. <laughs> I mean, I should unsubscribe, but I just, yeah. I never get around to doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, like some, yeah, some, some of those, some of those people that that we were on the, well, we were, that we was on the course with, just, you know, remain such good mates, you know. Yeah. And I think from not being in such a, like a crazy, overpopulated city, like like London or whatever, um, where there's like four music, co- maybe I don't know, three or four um, music colleges, it was it was it was quite nice to like almost have be because there wasn't really a bubble in Cardiff so much so like you know some some people were like oh I really want to get to London after I finished and I really want to do this and this other people were like oh, I love that we can just study music here and not have to stress about 
traveled on the tube about mm. you know being surrounded by millions and millions and millions of people you know and there was an amazing park. There's an amazing park just that backs um, onto yeah, the. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful, park, isn't it? Man, it's so beautiful. It's like you know, I used to play football quite a lot in in the yeah in in the breaks between classes, and you know, I, I think yeah, like I needed that at the time. I couldn't deal with London at all. I scared it scared the shit out of me, man. <laughs> Do you still play football a lot now? Is that part of your? Um, I mean, I'd I'd love to play more. Like maybe I'll play a couple of times a month now or something. Yeah. But, but, you know, when I first moved to London, I played every day because I had way less on. You know, I live, live with a great drummer, actually, who, who's he's, he's just he's recently moved. Well, just before the pandemic, he moved back to Wales. A guy called, a guy called Gethin Jones. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, he's a, we're one of my best mates. Like, yeah, I've, I've done so many. I've toured, literally toured all over with him and known, yeah, known him for such a long time. So, um, but yeah, he, he's really good football player as well. He, he, actually, play, he actually played in the FA Cup right. for um, a wrist with, you know, oh, he's got... No way. Amazing, um, yeah, yeah, really, really good football player, incredible drummer. But um, yeah, but we we lived together like I think within in my second year of London, um, yeah, he moved to town and we just we, we didn't have much on, so we just played football like four hours a day every day for like a couple of years. You know, it's really good. But then, yeah, like it's really, it's quite hard to find the time now, and obviously with like late gigs and things, yeah, I don't want to be up at like nine o'clock to go to be running like running for my life at 10 you know <laughs> yeah man well let's talk that. about that let's talk about when you when you when you came to London because obviously like now you're all over the jazz scene and stuff and playing everywhere all the main clubs and all the all the different amazing nights that are going on but obviously that that may not have happened straight away when you moved here so what was mm -hmm. that kind of process like how did you go about getting those initial gigs well and... so, so so yeah this is where the Nick Weldon thing um came in so I was I, in my in my last year of college because um, I, I was obsessed with Brad Meldow, Keith Jarrett, you know, like the a lot of our heroes, yeah. um, you know, right, right, rightly so. Um, I was yeah obsessed with like modern piano, right? And um and I yeah I was like I want to I want to make these I want to make these records that basically emulate Brad and and you know I want to play standards like Keith Jarrett. I want to be yeah just I don't know I want to want want to make modern jazz music, and um and. Yeah, like I, 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 I've become so yeah, super, super obsessed with it that I just got a bit blinkered with anything else. I wasn't allowing anything else to come in because I went yeah, like obviously going into music college, I was obsessed with Oscar Peterson, and then during during college, I kind of persuaded myself that it was just bluesy and it wasn't cool and it was just swinging. It was just like it wasn't it wasn't um, intellectual enough basically because I was like oh, I'm a serious jazz musician now in college, right, you know, yeah. like just just telling myself that, you know. So um yeah so after this, it, it was I had about three and a half years of that and then in one of my last lessons with Nick Weldon I was a bit late turning up and he was playing the tune Don't Blame Me but in stride and I was like what is this you know mm. it's like what is this all about and he was like yeah he's you know it's a stride piano stride piano so like you know the 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 the, uh, the like nugget was in my brain I was like okay cool so I I need to. I need to like kind of like look into that. So, you know, he, he said, check out Fats Waller, James P. Johnson, all these things. I was like, yeah, yeah, wh um, whatever. And then, and then the week after that, Kit Downs was playing. I think he was playing with his trio at the time, which was James Madry and Callum Gawley, and with a guest, Ben Van Gelder, okay. um, came to Dempsey's to play. And um, I think, I remember Kit going through a phase of loving Louis Armstrong. So right. he was playing in this kind of similar vibe. And I was like, is that, I was like this, this music is some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my yeah. life. And I think that like, I was really put off by the kind of graininess of the recording. So I was like, I wanted pristine, like I wanted to, I wanted like 
the yeah. most high def sound. You know, I, I wasn't willing to kind of compromise the music for the quality of the recording, you know. So I just didn't bother listening. To, I didn't want to listen to Teddy Wilson, Fats Waller, or, you know, all the people from the 30s and the 20s and 30s. Yeah, so, yeah, within within two weeks after hearing Nick play some play some of that stuff for me um, and then Kit play some of that stuff for me, I was like, oh, I really want, really want to, like, um, look into it. And then the whole emotional side of the music started to play in where I was like, I listened to that music so much and I completely... But I, I was not completely, I'd, I'd started to fall in love with that music, but not really realized how deep it was mm. going to have an effect on me. Um, so then, yeah, so then I moved them back. I moved to Basingstoke to live with my auntie and uncle who lived next to my nan. Um, so yeah, so like I had, um, I had a really weird like existence there for, for, for a few, for a few months because I would, um, yeah, so during, yeah, during the days um, I would, yeah, I'd, Sit, sit and practice because everyone everyone else would would be out at work and things um and i'd pop over and see my nana granddad have some food have a cup of tea with them in, in in the breaks and then um <clears throat> because i was sleeping on the sofa in 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 their house because my cousin was in was was but was was sleeping in his room obviously um i just would practice throughout the night then with headphones and my nords right um and I, and i was i was you know doing at least like 15 hours you know b- uh, between wow. like in, in the evening and and the daytime and and you know i remember getting a call when i was living get, get, when, when, one of my mates um evan clegg i don't know whether you yeah, know, no, evan. I know evan. Yeah, yeah yeah he's great yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah so he 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 called me up and was like look i'm um there's this there's this gig called the ilsa tavern that i'm going to be fixing um they want to have early stride piano music early mm. kind of feel music there like do you play that music and i was like yeah even though I didn't at all, right. but I was like, I've all I've got here is time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I was like, when's the yeah. first gig? Just, you know, I want to get mats prepared. I want to get mats ready. Um, so he was like, yeah, so it's going to start in two months. So I was like, okay, cool. So now all of this practice has an aim now. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, as opposed to just practicing, trying to write some music, which, yeah, like, yeah, that, that, I, that I wanted to kind of chisel my like sound with. Mm. I was like, I want to go and I want to, I want to listen to Teddy Wilson. I want to listen to Fats Waller and get into it now because this could be a way in of moving into London, which in the end it was. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing like 23 shows of Casablanca. You know, do, do, do you remember those? Um, I mean, I, th- I think, I think they, uh, they, they, they are still about, but they, uh, but um, there's a company called Secret Cinema. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah, I went to some of those. I went to the Back to the Future one. It was wicked. Yeah, 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 yeah. amazing. I went yeah. to that one as well. Yeah, it was great up in Stratford. Yeah, I, I, I was the I was a piano player, sort of like backstage. You know, like well, I, I was part of the band on stage, but then obviously, like there was the 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 actors and things. Who, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the the guy that played it, play it again, Sam. That I'd be mm. playing. You know. Anyway, so like I ended up um ended up sort of moving into yeah I ended up being being like the sort of copyist for this guy who was running this band and um and he and he was like like you can live with me i'll give you super cheap rent but like you have got to do arrangements for my band and i was like fine you know and then i, me- I remember going to wales the first time after like moving into london with like these keys i was like it was like lord of the rings you know i'm like <laughs> moving I'm, I'm moving to london like because that's, that's all i ever wanted really you know like even living in Cardiff, I was like, I, I need to get out and I need to kind of, you know, go go and compete, you know, in in, mm. in a way. Obviously, it's not a competition at all, but like, I just felt the need to compete just to show myself that I could do it, you know, at least yeah. like move and, 
yeah, just be surrounded and go and see like Kit play more and go and see Ivo Neem play and Sam Leek and, you know, like, yeah, so like, all, yeah, all these people I had lessons with in, in uh, college. So, um, yes, yeah, yeah. So but yeah, I, I, I moved, moved, moved in with this guy, Benoit Villafon. Um, and I lived there for like a couple of months and again, another weird existence where, cause he only had one computer. So he'd be working, I don't know, until 11 PM. And then I would start working on arrangements from 11 till three, 11 till four. Wow. And I'd be doing that every night, you know, and I've, I wasn't playing loads and loads, but all the gigs I had were with Benoit. So I'd be like, yeah, we were like, I was like, he's almost like his like surrogate son for a while, you know, just like, and, and, and then, yeah. And then, and then I actually moved to Greenwich and to, to um, live, live with Corey. I've, I've always been massive fan and really lucky enough to be, to make music with him a lot. Yeah. You know, made, that's Corey um, Dick. Yeah. Corey Dick. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. Amazing drama. Amazing drama, man. Yeah. Like absolutely. So you, you know, you talk about people with like real voices he's, and he's always had that, you know, mm. I've, I've always been so inspired by him and just, yeah, like yeah, to 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 play his music and to be part of you know different points of his musical journey as well. It's been so you know so so good. But so we 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 moved in together. But the flat that he had at the time was was like a bit. I think it was some damage to it or something. And um, yeah, so we only really managed to live together for like three for like three months or four months or something. But yeah, but you know around this time m- musically, I was still kind of trying to. I was still fighting. The kind of because I was literally ironically just playing stride stuff for money. I was like, I need to pay my rent, so I'm going to do this. I was like, I don't really care about it. I thought I I felt it was really uncool. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm just you know I'm going to put braces on, I'm going to put a top hat on, and I'm just going to like pretend to like care about this music, you know. But actually, like you know, within within a year or two years, I was just completely like it almost just hit me. I I listened to Billie Holiday with Teddy Wilson. And I was like crying almost, yeah. you know. And I was like, this is so deep, like, because it's just obviously like the melodic language and the, and, and the, yeah, the, 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 the melodic language tends to be so diatonic, but not, not diatonic in like a, in a, in a, in a basic way, but diatonic is yeah. in like the melody is so clear. And, yeah. and in, in, in that style, like you, you quite often have octave melodies with the, with the runs in between. Um, so like, yeah, it's really, it's just melody and, and every instrument as well, you know, obviously you can't do octaves on saxophones and things, but it's just yeah. me- you know, melody over anything else. And I think from then on, you just like, I just was like, oh, actually this is real. This means so much to me, this uh, music. <laughs> yeah. And then I just sort of like started to, I, I, I said around the same time, um, um, Kansas Smitties were, were like sort of starting up. And um, and I remember Ru- Ruben James, amazing. Yeah, we, we I'm sure we all know Ruben, amazing piano player, someone I love as well as a, as a guy and a, and a um, musician as well. Yeah. Like so he yeah he just got the Sam Smith gig, and um and Giacomo uh, called me and was like, look, you know, because around this time, just before this, sorry, this is super scatty. No, it's all good. We're gonna. This is this is all fine. I'm loving it. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Around this time, I'd been in London for like. I don't know, two years or something. And yeah, I, I was just like, I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm in, I'm into London. I'm just doing these gigs. I haven't really seen, you know, I, I, I really enjoy playing with, with, with the people who I, who I play with, but I kind of, I kind of feel like maybe I want to move to Barcelona. So then I'd booked flights and I'd booked flat, flat viewing to move wow. to Spain. And I'm, oh man, that's a massive thing. Just to, so you just literally one day like I want to move somewhere else. Yeah, basically, and yeah. leave it all behind. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was like two years into into London, and then Giacomo called me because because also like I remember hearing Giacomo play at the Haggerston with Ruben actually. He's awesome, Ruben isn't he? was, on, was yeah. like, oh, he's unbelievable. Another yeah. someone else who like 
constantly inspires me. Yeah. But yeah, I remember hearing him play. I remember that to, to this day, he played Body and Soul on clarinet. And I was like, I've never been a big fan of clarinet, even though I spend my life accompanying them, basically, you know, with Adrian yeah, and him yeah, and yeah, yeah, Bliss as well. Yeah, like, I've, but, but I remember hearing him play just the melody of Body and Soul. And I was like, this, it was just hit me in the heart. I was mm. like, this is unbelievable. And then, you know, that, that, the, the knock on effect of that was like, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm like, and then Jack was like, oh, you know, look, Ruben's not, Ruben's not going to be around. So look, we'd love you to come do the gigs. I was like, I'm not ready for that, man. Come on. I'm just getting my feet under the table here. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready for this. So I kind of put it off for a little while, like playing with them. And eventually Dave Archer, the um, guitar player. Yeah. He, he was, yeah, he, he was just like, come on, man, I'm, I'm going to do all the gigs. Like just, 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 just do a couple of them and see how, and you know, see, see how you find it. And then you can kind of just determine if you want to be in the band or not. Yeah, and then yeah. you can do your own thing, but at least give it a try. So then I did. And they ended up within like the first week or second week, ended up recording their first album with them. And then getting along, you know, like sort of slowly getting to know, because at the time it was Pedro Segundo on drums, obviously Ferg on bass, Theon Cross on, yeah, on two. Amazing. Theon is incredible. Even now thinking of it, like he's, that, what, what, what he was, the way he played these rags on tuba. Mm. It's like, I, I was, I think I was like, I wasn't developed musically enough to really appreciate the greatness of his yeah. music. And, and also same with Ruben Fox as well. You know, Ruben Fox, I, you know, sometimes I, I listen back to, I don't really listen back to loads of stuff I've ever played on really. Cause I'm like, that was then, this is now, you know, we've all I like, as long as you learn something from each musical experience, that's good because it's a snowball, you know, you're going to keep learning. learning. And, um, but yeah, with Ruben, it's the same thing. I listened to him play in 2015, I think the album come out, maybe we recorded it in 2014. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe the stuff that he was playing then, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So that, 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 that was a huge thing. Like just, I was like, I just didn't move to Spain, ended up staying in London and being part of Smitty's for like for your first, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, I'm part of, part of the musical life, you know, and super grateful of, yeah, doing a lot of, like quite a lot of the touring I've done as a musician since being in London has been through with them. And yeah. So for people that don't know, Kansas Smitty's is like an yeah. amazing band and they also had a night, didn't they, in East London? The, yeah, the they, name of the place has escaped me. Yeah, yeah, it's called it's called Kansas Smitty's. Okay, of course, it was called yeah, Kansas yeah. Smitty's Bar. It, it, it was on brick. Unfortunately, it kind of folded just during during the apocalypse yeah you know? of course um but i watched loads of those lockdown gigs though you know yeah those lockdown so gigs were so amazing so for everyone um in fact they're still i think they're still up on yeah, youtube they're, aren't they're, they? they're all on youtube yeah. or during the pandemic you did like the socially distanced gigs that's which right were just like unbelievable streamed Honestly, on youtube like, each night no one else was really doing that kind of thing as well which right, is yeah, so yeah. kind of forward thinking of giacomo as well you know mm -hmm. oh, yeah because him and jack so jack abraham and giacomo basically they're the kind of figureheads of 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 the of the band what that you know of the then bar but yeah i mean man when 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 that when that happened when you know when when the pandemic hit firstly i remember doing a gig i played it in the night jar in old street it's just, yeah. just a solo gig and i was like okay cool what's gonna happen then um so i was walking back and i was like okay hypothetically now if you had so much time to do whatever you wanted to do you know how would you use a massive like acre, acres and acres of time how what, what, what would you do to, to to fill it and i was like oh you know maybe it'd be a good time to start writing some music and things but with with like writing music it's got to be about you know without sounding cheesy or anything it's got to be about experiencing some stuff you know so i'm like i'm going to be in my flat basically for the foreseeable future without really going outside like i'm like what music am i write like 
ode to the kitchen or like <laughs> like I love my bathroom. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I couldn't so like you know, so I was like actually, you know, one it it it, 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 was, it was two things that I come to the conclusion of in like after about a week or so. No, actually no, that's, that's a lie. Like yeah, by 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 the journey home or like or like by the morning of the day one of the the pandemic. I was like, I'm, I got really sick and tired of like, there's, there would be certain bits and certain tunes, like corners, maybe some like diminished, like, you, you know, in some chord progressions, you have like um, three, th- uh, like three minor, flat, flat, um, flat three diminished, flat three diminished to two, to yeah. two minor. Yeah. Like, the, you know, those things, I was like so sick of blagging it. I was like, oh, that's coming up again. I'm going to, so it was like, and there was a, there, like, man, I made like a list of things. I was like, right, these things annoy me so much. So I want to get out. I want to like iron out all these things because if I don't use that, if, if I don't like go into the garage and like actually fix up what I've got, it's going to be a waste of time, you know? Oh, wow. And also secondly, um, uh, secondly was, you know, I was, I am a huge fan of Art Tatum and, and I knew that like, if I was ever going to really look into it properly, there was no way of me doing it on like a, nor in a normal life, you know, yeah. like, a, like, a, a, like an obscene situation would have to arise in order for me to have enough time to like look into yeah. it and transcribe it. So like, and obviously the pandemic was perfect for that, you know, obviously it was terrible for that, for, 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 for so much, um, so many reasons, but yeah, for that, like, I mean, I remember, like, so there was this, there's this, there's this track called, well, Tiger Rag. It was, it was the, the tune that made uh, Oscar Peterson give up playing piano for a little while. Wow. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. There's rumors of like, of it being a few months, rumor, rumors about it being for a few days or weeks, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I just become absolutely obsessed with, 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 uh, with, yeah, with, with him. So that, and so much so that I was doing 10 hours a day again. That's I, I'd do, I'd do, I'd, I'd work out, I'd transcribe it on, on my like keyboard i set up in just you know in 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 the living room and i would i would transcribe like the first little bit and get it under the Mm. fingers and then just just because i didn't want to with that music because obviously it's it's so physically challenging yeah that like learning to play it on a keyboard was just you know obviously it was easier to play on that because i don't have a weighted keyboard Mm. so i'm like had to keep check i had to keep myself in check by playing it on piano because you know, oh, this is fine, no problem. And you got on the piano, it's like, okay, right, this is, I'm nowhere near yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, There's so, a different weight, isn't there? It's that kind of thing. It's yeah, all about the yeah. weight. Ex- and ex- you know. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I did I did about 10 hours a day like, at points of that, you know, half on piano, half on keyboard. And then, and then it was funny because actually what I mean, aside from, I never quite got it up to tempo because it's just, it's a joke. It's literally a joke. I'll send you a um. I'll send you a, um, I'll send you a uh, the a, 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 a version of it. But yeah, it's, it's it's unbelievable. But but like, what 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 really amazed me was learning learning that and paying so much attention to that solo and a lot of the other stuff that he that he did. It made me appreciate Monk for maybe for the first time. Right. Duke more more for the first mm-hmm. time. Jackie Byard for the first time. So because because actually like there's obviously so much. There's so much going on, but so much of it is decoration as well, you know. And, and as I said earlier on about the Teddy Wilson thing, with like there'd be melody in the octaves, but then there'd be so much color, and just like the way he had all the, the way he would decorate things is so unusual. It's so crazy, and like obviously having the technique to do it is is, is one thing, but the ideas and yeah. the, you know it just made me realize of how much of a genius he was. But then fast forward into that, like it made me play differently by almost leaving more space. 
because because you you understood the fragments of melody way more than seeing it as an overall like piece you know yeah 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 so much like some of the voicings so modern you know mm. and, there's and so then, much in there it's very deep isn't it there's so yeah, much so in there. deep so much in there and yeah like it just it, it just it just blew me away because i was like oh this oh, i heard this this voice is familiar because i heard it on this like like you know money jungle for instance that was like i ended up getting really obsessed with that duke kennington album um and i was like and then yeah from going doing a real deep dive into that it was like well this just sounds so much like thelonious monk you know Man. so um yeah so, 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 so he so he really like tatum really opened the doors to that and then it made me realize that like that is that still is as modern as anything nowadays you know this is so great i mean i think i think this would be a really good time to talk about the whole stride theme because i know we've kind of briefly touched on it and you've talked about how you got into it but there are there are actually very few musicians really like completely playing this music I'm just gonna grab because like, i've been i've been checking out your instagram and oh. <laughs> i've like obviously followed you for a while but there was one video that you posted i don't know if it was during when it was i'm not gonna be able to find it now but there was a video of you playing um i can't give you anything but love Oh, right. Was that um, with, with, with Luke Tomlinson and, and yeah, Sass? Yeah, man. I watched this video. Sorry, I'm, I, your head's going to get very big in a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> I watched this video so much because I was just like, man, I'm going to see if I can find a little bit of it. Hang on. Where is it? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so it's a bit weird. I'm literally going through your Instagram in front of you. But it was just That's like fine, the most <laughs> swinging thing I've ever oh. like heard. It's like, and I thought, oh, God, if I didn't know that was someone in 2020 or whenever it was 2022 right, playing right, right, right. like somewhere in London, I'd literally think that was like Errol Garner or, right, uh, you oh, know, man. like literally <laughs> listening to that. And that's so interesting that you say you've actually been just like completely like engrossing yourself in, um, mm. in that music for like 10 hours a day. Yeah. And yeah. I think I mean, that Matt, to anyone to honest, that would seem like, a crazy was, amount of time like but 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 also man you go so mad because because actually like playing practicing on headphones is really really good obviously because there's no distractions but i tell you what if you do it for a long time i remember like my poor girlfriend she was just like you are mad because also as well as as well as that um i'd be in bed and i there's there's some nights i couldn't sleep at all right. Because I'm like, oh, but maybe on this run, actually, maybe it should be like, because another thing that, that Art Tatum was famous for was a lot of the runs that he did, he did between either three or two fingers. Yeah. Which is like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. what's going on? And then I'm like, you know, trying to work out. Simultaneously reading is an autobiography about him as well. So like you learn about the life. It was like super, it was like a sensory Art Tatum overload. And I'm, you know, like being like, okay, but maybe on this run here, because this is a pattern this is a pattern that basically is divided into like quintuplets, but then but obviously he's not thinking of it in that way. It just comes out that way because it's just the fingers fall in that way. But then I'm like, but if he, if he's fingering it, like with these, th with these three fingers, how is he doing that? And then the sun would go down it'd be coming up again. And I'd just be like mad. I went mad for a yeah, bit. I, bet. I mean, with the, with the whole, when you're playing stride, does your left hand kind of operate automatically in some ways? Because I mean, does that it, does it, it get it, to it, that stage? Well, so, so, so I remember like, yeah, again, like going back before I moved to London, but, uh, before doing these gigs in, in the Elsa Tavern in, in some of Twickenham, St. Margaret's area, it was like kind of working out the system of, yeah, like ma major chords tend to be major sixes, you know, especially in the earliest fat style and, and, you know, pre, yeah, anything before him, even to some, to, to, to some extent, although he, he, he would just be an amalgamation of everyone basically. Mm. 
like the ultimate is like 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 playing the last boss on like Sonic, you know, yeah. like every time. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's normally a major six chord as, as the chord, and mostly an octave, or maybe a tenth. Like like Fats and and uh, James P. Johnson would play a tenth. They're like yeah, one tenth, uh, major six octave, major six tenth. Of, you know. So just so, so everyone um, just so everyone knows, like a tenth is. I'm sure a lot of people know this, but if it, if they don't, it's an octave with two notes above. So it's like you're spanning an octave between your little finger and your thumb. Exactly. Yeah. Plus two notes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Massive. It's it's yes it's crazy it's crazy but um but yeah yes yes so yeah like but like that 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 was basically like archery in a way you know once once I kind of worked out and you know I spoke to some people who who knew a little bit like there's a guy Peter Horsfall amazing trumpet player he really helped me out showed me a lot of good music taught me a lot of really really good tunes so uh, and you know like he also put me in contact with someone called Colin Good who's like he knows so much about like Teddy Wilson and mm. you know knows all these runs and he's, he's really gone down the rabbit hole so i went around to his house like in my first year of living in london and he you know gave me some real insights and in, you know in, in actually in into it so yeah so I'd, I'd then just be at home watching tv just trying to do it without looking and just wow you know it, literally archery you know and then you know obviously you have to be super strict with yourself because like one thing that I one thing that I really try to avoid is is like the sort of messiness of it. Mm. So like it, like I re- like especially listen to like all those masters. It very rarely is it, it, if it's messy, it's intentional. Yeah. Like whereas you know even if if, if like Monk like Thel- Thelonious Monk gets like yeah some 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 people say that like oh you know it's like his 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 approach is a bit more like cavalier than than Fats Waller or whatever. But like he means it to be that. Like he's not like he can do he can play like immaculate stride piano if he wanted to yeah so um but yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah. so I was just being you know, super harsh with myself and yeah just going going super super far down down the rabbit hole playing through tunes some, or were you just doing like where you're doing like chord just, sequences just, or yeah like, like mo- mostly just one like chord, like for, for ages for like hours and hours it'd be like just chord one so like um, root major six five major six root major six five and i'd be doing that until it was cool and then now we're, then we're gonna go one two five one two wow. five one and then that would be for ages and yeah and then you start to like incorporate incorporate with with other tunes but then like after you know a long 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 like a long time of doing that it's start like you you realize that actually it's got a groove it's pointless just it's pointless doing that because it's dance music essentially yeah. you know it's not so just like, about the notes is it yeah yeah exactly like beat what beats one and three have to be popping off otherwise people like i remember shane forbes telling me that so someone who's like man like hey, i basically want to be like the piano the piano player version of shane <laughs> he's just just so accomplished in everything and so unique and but yeah, but, but, but he, 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 you know, he was saying he's like, you don't dance on the two and four, you dance on the one and three. Yeah. And I was like, you know, hearing that, she really changed everything because there is like a real, I think, yeah, like and, until he kind of told me that, I was like always like big, big two and four and stuff, and you know, the hi hat slamming down the cross stick on two and four, whatever. Yeah, but then I was just yeah, like when when it, when he told me about about the one and three, the stride made even more sense then, and I'm like, that has to be secure in order for you to like play your bit because you know like the way that fats played and james b johnson played it was it really is it's such a jigsaw 
because of like everything is ev- nothing really wavers away from the clave of the beat. Yeah, it's all like boom, tick, 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 boom, tick, 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 boom, tick, 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 and then like you don't get that if you know that's not very loose from the twenties to fifties. That's not loose at all. That's like that has to be like that has to make you dance. Otherwise, you failed basically. Yeah. You know, so like you know, re- realizing that the 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 technical side of it was just the was just the beginning you right, know of course so um yeah so just absolutely went to town with that and that's so interesting you like about thinking of your left hand as like the drums as well and just thinking yeah, of it like sure. that you know because i can see that because i do hear that when i when i particularly when i hear you play or any of those amazing like masters of stride it's just got the groove of it it just grooves just the left hand on its own grooves you know? yeah yeah and yeah. that's such an important thing um that gives the music just that that like bounce you know make Definitely. like you say makes you want to dance um, yeah yeah awesome so let's go back to your work with kansas smitties which is obviously like yeah, such yeah. an awesome band you've done loads of recordings with them now and you also just featured on a well i think this was last christmas wasn't it you did a uh, jamie cullum christmas album yeah. it was yeah yeah that was that was a dream it was also surreal recording it in yeah May i bet well. yeah those things i've done a few like christmas projects and they're all they always happen in the summer which is just like the weirdest thing ever right, getting sleigh bells out so yeah you're in shorts and t-shirt <laughs> playing like has come yeah. to town. So how was that project? <laughs> how did that come about? It was amazing. So um, I think, so Jamie obviously released Piano Man at Christmas, the first um, edition. I, I, I think I think there was always a plan of doing a second, for, from, to, to my knowledge, there was a plan of doing a secondary uh, side, side side to it. Um, and I think that Jamie had always wanted to work with Candice right. Smitty's. And this was just a really good yeah, he he he's, he he said that you know like the the thought of making another Christmas album with us was yeah would 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 be like a super yeah. fun uh, thing thing to do and also he's someone who I've you know looked up to and I've been a massive fan of him uh, his music and also so, as a guy as a radio yeah. presenter yeah. everything you know he's a the he full was like package the first and... gig I went to see actually I remember going to see him right, he was right. absolutely amazing you know and it's it's so Is good he, that he's still uh, going and like you know fresh yeah, as ever. Yeah. He's, you know, I remember like on the on the first day of the, on the first day of the recording, we were just sort of playing some tunes, just just like warming up, getting a sound in the studio. Because we, 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 like a lot of the stuff we've done with Kansas Smitty's have been been recorded at this place called Durham Sound yeah. Studios, which is um yeah in Kentish Town, which yeah like amazing genius guy who runs it called Lewis Durham. He Lewis Durham like build he build he builds his own mixing wow. desk, he builds his own microphones and. He's, uh, everything's to tape, not a computer in sight. You know, it's it's not it's next level. Um, but yeah, yes, yes, yes. So we were just playing around in the studio, and then the door opens, and then I'm like, I'm like starstruck. I'm like, man, I've, like you've been such a huge part of my life, but you don't yeah. know that, you know. But I'm like, he walks down, and and then he just starts singing and joining in. And I'm like, man, this guy, he's the nicest guy, honestly. And he's been so supportive of like anything that Kansas Smitty's have done over the years, anything, because a lot, a lot of us since the pandemic have gone on to do different, our own diff- different projects. And he's been a real champion for like, of, of uh, everything that we've, we've all done separately cool. from, from the band. You know, every Christmas, well, m- yeah, every Christmas since uh, we've done, well, I say every Christmas since, two Christmases, basically we, we, we've done, we've done like a Jamie show and it's been, such a vibe, you know. It's also just, just like, really. I remember, I remember doing the jazz. We we did a jazz FM um, session when, where with, yeah, with we did two tunes with Kansas Smitty's. We did Winter Wonderland and Sleigh Ride, and then he did a solo show. Uh, sorry, so he, he did he did a um a solo, uh, solo performance. 
no, it wasn't it wasn't hang your lights but yeah it, it was it, it was something like that and um and and you really see like you know without better wording for it like the x factor yeah. i'm like he started singing and he was playing piano and there was no like everyone was with him it's like that's so special mm. man like yeah, he's he's a real magnet. He's got like, the whole showman so, thing as well, so, hasn't he? Such a special, yeah. like, you know, occasionally you meet these people and you're like, you're so special. I want to be around yeah. you, you know, like, like he's just, a, and, and just for him to be so nice and giving and knowing him, like, obviously knowing him fairly well now compared to before. It's like, because, yeah, obviously there's that saying, of, don't meet your heroes, but he literally couldn't be, he's, he's even better when you, when you know him oh, as a man. person, like. Yeah. Yeah, like he's just one of the most yeah in, inspirational people, and and yeah, someone who you know working with him is so high on like the CV. Yeah. You know? I'd love to get him on the podcast so, one day. I think he, I think he'd be great. It is weird when you meet here, meet your kind of heroes, isn't it, and all that kind of thing. And particularly what you say, I think that's one of the really cool things about being a musician, and obviously being out there and putting albums out is that you can have no idea the influence you're having on someone. And, but there could right, be like right. someone out there that's con listening to all your music, transcribing it, and you just don't know, you know. I mean, it gets slightly easier with yeah, Instagram exactly. now, you know. Yeah. I always think like, not in a musical way, but like, <laughs> it's very, very different. It's a slightly weird one, but I work out every day. I do the Joe Wicks workouts. No like, way, okay. Joe Wicks okay. has no idea that <laughs> each day I'm right. like working out with him. And if I ever met him, I'd be like completely like starstruck. I'd be like, oh my God, I work yeah. out with you every day, but he has no idea that I exist. Right, and this right, is like- right. that's, that's good. <laughs> But you know, it's like there's, yeah. there's that thing with music, isn't there? That um, yeah, I just think yeah, it's 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 incredible when that happens. So you did a bunch of gigs and and that kind of thing, and yeah, we did. Yeah, we we, we did we did. Um, <clears throat> I think in the first year we did a really really fun show, which was just Kansas Smith with Jamie, <clears throat> and that was yeah that it was in King Kingston. It was in yeah, it's really yeah. really cool like big big uh, like club in in Kingston. And the, but around that time because it, because the album had just come out. And um, we did a load of stuff. We did like the Chris Evans yeah, show and things yeah. because Chris Evans is like a huge. Um, I grew up with like listening to him on the radio with 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 my dad, you know. So um, so actually meeting him as well was like a really fun. And he was so like he 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 was doing his thing. He was like, giving me a pair of he mm. threw threw a pair of socks at me and was like, let's see if you can do it with with socks <laughs> on your hands. I think it was a video somewhere. Yeah. It's so bizarre, you know, and like. Yeah, like yeah, meet meet me, meeting some people and doing a load of like I don't know, like being part of a like a slightly bigger team. Obviously, like Jamie's like you know one of the most well, he's a real household name in in the music, you know. So actually, to be playing so much and and being being part of like his PR thing um, around that around that around that Christmas uh, Christmas period was so was super interesting. And then last year we did the O2 in Shepherd's Bush with but with a big band, load of stuff like. Palomar would um, uh, like uh, arrange some things, and yeah, we, which is another amazing experience as well. I think this this year he's doing. I'm not sure if we're on it, but he's doing the album mm -hmm. Hall this year. I think December the eighth. Awesome. I'm hoping I'm hoping that we're all involved with it. I'm not really sure. We haven't got like any um yeah any like feedback just, but it's like any information as of yet. But yeah. hopefully, because it's, it's also just like. I don't see him. I see him once mm. a year and it's just, you know, occasionally I'll send him an album. I'll send him a text like about like, uh, oh, have you heard this album? And then he'll be like, oh, I played your tune on the radio. And, you know, it's just, nice. but actually to, to, you know, to, to, to just, you know, have a, like to have a little drink with him and just, and, 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 and a chill once yeah. a year. It's, just, it's a nice thing a to do. A couple of my right? mates play in his band as well, Tom Varrell and Loz Garrett. Right. So it's always like, oh. they're always just so full of like yeah. all the amazing, amazing they're incredible tour, music. You know, stuff they his do. band is so good. Yeah.
Tom, Tom is yeah. Tom's unbelievable, Tom Richards, man. Yeah. Like and, and Lots as well. Yeah. yeah, Tom Richards. Tom Richards as well. Like amazing on everything. Like I, 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 I saw it. I saw that. Um, I went to the what's the um what's the theatre right outside Shepherd's Bush? Uh, not Shepherd's Bush, Oxford Circus. Oh, you mean the, the Palladium? Palladium. Yeah. So I went to Palladium a couple of years ago, and um, all of a sudden Tom Richards was playing Conga, and he's playing Hammond. But yeah. like, all really yeah. well. It was like, I was like, Lots what are you doing? Like, who are you? Yeah. Literally, and like, blow, he blows my mind as well, hundred percent. Let's talk about um, let's talk about your own music because you've also, as well as playing in lots of other people's projects, you release a huge amount of your own music, and you've just si- just signed to Edition Records. Congratulations, That's right. yeah, man. yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. I've been um, Thank you, I've been yeah. checking out the album you released last year, Summer Chill, right. um, which the Guardian yeah. described as the soundtrack to an imaginary sixties pool party. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was that was like that was. Because obviously COVID, people were just still coming out from yeah. COVID. I hadn't managed to write, obviously I hadn't managed to write any yeah. music. And I was like, I want to put something out that basically makes people, I want it to be short, I want it to be short tracks so people can just get into it and then get out of it straight away. So I was like, ideally about half right. an hour long, the album. And then I want people just to enjoy it. And I don't want people to overly think about it. I don't want, I want people to like have a nice experience whilst listening to it as opposed to like maybe listening to it from, a more like a music muso perspective, you know. Yes, yes. So, so I, I ended up watching a load of films around that, like from like the fifties, yeah, like old teen movies. You said, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so I was like, I want to make like I want to make a soundtrack for like a because I, I I love like fashion around that time and like like the cool kind of like yeah fifties sixties kind of I don't know like, cl- like clothing and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all, all, all that and like smart, you know, like smart suits and things. And I'm like, I'd be quite cool. Imagine being in like Beverly Hills and like in a jacuzzi and listening to like Laverne Baker and things and like trying to, I just, yeah, try to maybe like reinvent, no, not not reinvent, what's the word? Um, rearrange some of the songs to basically fit the same same cohesiveness as, as, as you know, the one tune from the next. And also, like, into, I, I was like, I didn't really want to do much, any, really any, any swinging stuff on there. But then, like, Errol Garner is that kind of, like, the swag mm. of that. He's so, like, he, he, he's almost, like, he's, he's so jazzed, but also not yeah, as well. You know, like, you know, like, he's so, so relatable in, you know, to, to, to like, non, non-musicians as well, because it really makes you feel... It, yeah, it really, it really provokes like happiness. I yeah. think personally. So I'm like, if it's gonna be, if it's gonna be anything swinging on the album, it has to be that. But yeah, but like, it, yeah, it was, it was a real. Yeah, like, I had an amazing time with it, with um, with a um, a bunch of records, and you know, Martin couldn't do enough. You know, he was, he was super, yeah, super, super amazing, and because he was also part of my first two, my, my first two releases, um, which was my uh, piano trio that I had, like my dream piano trio as well. Like I remember going to um. Yeah, when I, when I was studying in Cardiff, me and Lloyd Haynes would would drive up to London most well, quite a lot of Sundays, and we'd go and watch Shane play and Tom Farmer, you know, at Uncle Swap, the the Haggerston. Yeah, and I was like, oh, one day I really want to have a trio with with these guys, you know, like I was, so I started writing music for them, and then you know, finally plucked up the courage to ask them if we'd be in a band, and they were up for it, and we, you know, we 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 had a tour booked, but then it was all it all fell apart, obviously because because of COVID and things, and then yeah, and then yeah, like so, uh, Mar- like so. Ubuntu re- re- really released those those three albums. Super grateful for. And then yeah, like I guess about yeah about 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 two years ago now, um, Sam Jessen, the drummer, 
started well, basically running a, running a night in a, in a wine bar, in a re- like restaurant wine bar in Marlebone called 2850 by Night. And he, he asked me if I'd be up for like basically doing a load of the gigs with him and stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, he's like one of the nicest guys in the world as well. You know, he, he, he was like, like, you know, hopefully it'll be like most Thursdays yeah. in, in, in the month. Maybe, maybe we'll start off with one, maybe go to two okay. and then we'll see. <clears throat> and then um, and then he was like, oh, who would you work with? Would you, you know, what bass players do you work with a lot? And I, around that time during COVID, because obviously he wasn't allowed to travel so much. Yeah, I've become really, really good mates with Will yeah. Sass, who lived, because he, he lived super close, you know, we'd, he'd walk to mine and we'd 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 have days of practicing together here, and yeah, so so like we we, we began to hang out and like oh we like we we got on like as mates and then as music and then as, as like you know I really feel like a strong musical family with with you know with with Sam now too, but definitely at the time with Will because you know like we we did so much we we learned so much music and we we transcribed so much so much music we we transcribed so much so many different fields together and you know like i did like a little weekly um live stream from from the house which a lot of the time was with was with will again yeah so i i said look let's, let's get will sasha and then like we discovered that we really loved like the Ahmed jamal kind of trio sound and the oscar peterson trio sound and stuff so we started doing three sets yeah, th- every every time that that gig happened, it'd be three sets. We tried to like sort of mix up. We did a set of Coltrane tunes. We did a set of Monk tunes with Duke tunes. Yeah, so like every gig, we we basically had like we learned like a new rep per set, you know. And then yeah, and and then you know th- through that, that was that was two years ago. Then within about I don't know about a year and a half of it, um, I started to write music for the for them because we you know it was super easy. But but by this time, the gig. And, and still is now every Thursday evening um, at, at, at this place. So, you know, we would, we, we, we rehearse at Sam's once a week. We, we, we have a gig once a week. So actually like in terms of getting a new, well, like a new band, I wasn't really looking for a new band anyway, but just how it happened to be, it happened to be under my nose the whole time, you know? And um, yeah. And Sam's, yeah, Sam basically is, he's an amazing cook oh, as nice. well. That makes so, a difference. You know, he, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's so, so like, you know, like early, early in the week we you know we either monday or tuesday me and will would go to sam's house he'll make some ridiculously good food and then we'll rehearse and then you know going going to the going to the gig on 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 thursday but like obviously like but from from playing so much together i tried to write at least a new tune every gig that we that, that we had so with with this with this now um uh this new um edition signing we we, we recorded the first ep the the the, the plan is to do ep release EP in the either late January or February next year with a single in October this, this, this year. Um, then another EP in May and then an album in Wicked. October. So loads of, loads so, of new music. Le- yeah. Lo- I mean, you know, w- which is all ready to go anyway, because we've been, yeah, it's been chipping yeah. away at it because we've, gigs. you know, w- again, like it's, it's super amazing, lucky position to be in, to have, to have a home for the music because, you know, obviously they're, you know that that's such a dream scenario which i guess a lot a lot of people don't have you know to have like a, a home for the band so super grateful for you know for, for for sam for like you know hooking all that up and then um yeah we, we're also going on tour we're doing like we, what i'm really excited about actually i've never been on tour as a leader yeah. before but we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're doing a few dates scattered around europe in october um we're going to like, going to like paris um barcelona munich copenhagen um, and then a couple in London That's and stuff. Be so, so it's going to be quite nice as well to lead that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, I've always, it all, it's been a dream ever since. That's all, all I've ever wanted to do since I was like yeah. seven, you know. So 
it's quite nice to like to be you know and and you know dave stapleton the head of um edition has been so you know super you know yeah he's been like amazing so far and um yeah like just super super clear of like he really likes the because obviously like a lot of the a lot of the music that i'm influenced by as well is 90s Britpop. i mean i love oasis i know that i was like, gonna ask so you about much. that that's like I, that, I find that that's yeah. quite a juxtaposition isn't it to be like into art tatum and all these amazing and oscar pizza and, and then suddenly love it's like did you say your first album was like what's the story morning glory what's yeah, yeah exactly man and and, and man it, it's, it's it's been funny because like, i've been speaking a lot with with, with dave recently and um and and there are there are quite, there are more similarities than I realized really, with like so like obviously with the tents like the the big mm. the big tents that we spoke about with 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 the stride, it's like a lot of the time in like Britpop and like rock music and stuff like that there tends to be two guitars yeah. you know and like that's it really riches it out you know you listen to any Oasis tune it's got this it's absolutely like it's lathered up with like guitars keys and everything you know so like you really get the richness which which. I think personally um, really aids like the iconic sound right. because it's so full, you know, it's really, really full. So like the way Fats played is also super full. Obviously it's a completely different style, but then like, I've been like with, with a lot of this music, I've been trying to like find a middle ground between Britpop and Fats and James P and things, you know, and I'm, um, and you know, also diving into a lot of like the Duke Ellington, the uh, money, money jungle stuff where Max Rhodes on the album literally sounds like he's playing hip hop. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it's not even like it's he's playing B obviously it's Bebop, but like, you know, the the the, the way his beat just sounds like it's the most groovy thing. Yeah. I it's 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 so yeah. groovy and it's you know, so so like trying to marry these sounds together and you know, obviously and having having opportunities to play quite a lot. Um, you know, you sort of try a lot of things, oh that doesn't really work so much, this needs to be this, this needs to be this. But like, you know, Dave found, finds that yeah, quite interesting course. and you know, quite wanting whole- to yeah, I don't know if this is um I I've got a bit confused with what's on what album, but Tweedledee. Yeah, so yeah is that right. is that part of the new No, no, no. So so that 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 was um I, w- I was watching a film called The Departed. Um and it's also in Uncle Buck as well. Um and I was I just I really liked re- really like the tune. I really like the kind of like the 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 tweeness of the dun 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 you know, it's it's like like this the same sort of like uh, motif as in that uh, tune Brazil. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So I tried to like change that a little bit to make it a bit more like rock and roll with the going up to the dominant seven as opposed to going up from the five sharp five six, you know. Down. But yeah, man, I love I love that song, yeah. man. And also, I'd never even heard of Levin Baker yeah. really. So like, yeah, just yeah, going down the rabbit hole for that for that catalogue of music was Wicked. super fun, you know. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, what does the what does the future kind of hold for you? What is the what's the next thing? You what is there something you haven't done yet? That you're like, oh my god, I'd love to go and do that. Well, so 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 the the, the main thing that I'm working on now, um, and it's you know this is no this is by no means like an overnight thing, but it's just, you know the next stage of like my career that I would love want want to happen is basically to to mostly do to be a to be a leader of you know mostly go out to do my own gigs basically. Right. You know, I love doing, you know, I'll still do some sideman stuff, but like, I think I'd love to kind of, number one, tour Europe um, extensively with my music. Um, and also, you know, make, you can continue to be good friends with, with, with my bandmates. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just to keep, keep writing music for the, for these music, for these musicians, especially. Um 
yeah and yeah i I, th- I think that's it you know also to, i think it's to be in to be in love with music awesome I think that's yeah that's 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 what hopefully that's what that's what hope fingers crossed that's what this feature holds but you know you, know, you never know these where things. can people go and check out your music um so there'll be a there'll be a um there'll be a single coming out on which is a, which is a tune called munchin and nice. munchin so i wrote it wrote it recently and well yeah wrote it recently on a trip in in munich then there might be a second single i think might potentially in december and then and then the ep will be either late january or february as i said wicked awesome i'll link to all of those things um, in the episode description awesome thanks so much brother. Yeah, th- thanks for having me on it's been amazing to to, to have a chat and great yeah to see man, you it's, again, been, man. it's like, been ages and it's been, been so time. good just watching you from afar seeing all the amazing stuff you're doing and i can't i'm gonna have to come to a gig soon i can't so i've got to come and see you play cheers so mate you too bye cheers man take care bye thanks so much to joe for coming on the podcast do go and check out all those links in the description particularly his new single go and hear him play live he's incredible thanks once again for listening remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and i will see you in the next episode <laughs>